we begin, I just really want to say thank you for being here. It is you that makes this show worth creating. It is a labor of love for me, and I truly appreciate you tuning in. In this episode, I am interviewed by the awe-inspiring Peggy McIntyre during her Trauma to Triumph Summit on how to heal the shame and heartache of sexual abuse and incest, where we talk about trauma and chronic pain and how the two are woven together. It is such an important topic with so much to talk about, we couldn't possibly cover it all in one session. So it's inspired me to create my own online summit, which will be coming in the months ahead. So stay tuned for that. My name is Dina, and I am the head pain coach and chief curator at Pain to Possibilities and the Change Pain Academy. Well, hello, Dina. It's so nice to see you. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Well, um, to introduce you to the audience, this is Dina Trounce Shopolis. Got it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a tough one. That. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a pain coach. Is that right? That's right. Okay. She's a pain coach. And she makes the connection between trauma and pain, which I find to be very interesting because I do suffer from chronic pain, but I have some uh, biological things, arthritis runs in my family. But I also know that when I'm stressed or whatever, I do feel more pain. So Dina, Mm -hmm. tell us about you and how uh, you came to make the connection between trauma and chronic pain. Right. So I feel like I kind of just fell into the whole chronic pain world. So I live with intermittent pain. I don't live with day-to-day pain. I am a migraine gal. I come from a long line of migraine (laughs) sufferers. Um, And so I really witnessed both my parents, uh, my mom with um, migraines, but more importantly, just a multitude of health issues. Uh, she passed away quite young. And I know there was a lot of undiagnosed conditions that really led to her untimely death. So, and then I witnessed my father, healthy man. And then all of a sudden things just started piling on top of things. And there was a deep sense of overwhelm to the point where he said, I just can't make these decisions anymore. I need you to do it for me. And so I really didn't want people to feel that sense of overwhelm. So I became a coach. And once I kind of became a coach, I also teach Pilates. So I work with a lot of people who live with chronic pain. That was my first introduction to chronic pain. And the more I started working with them, the more I really realized, and I saw this in my parents too, not that they had chronic pain, but there was chronic illness, is that there's an awful lot of overwhelm involved and that uh, there's a lot more that we could be doing and that they are really an underserved population, the whole chronic pain community. And so it is my job as a coach to help try to fill in the gaps between um, the physician care as well as sort of self-care management to the chronic pain warrior. So champion, whatever you want to call yourself, because there's a lot to know, um, but your doctor just doesn't have the time to talk about it. And so 
that for me is where I come from. And then as far as making the connection between chronic pain and trauma, that was a huge moment for me where I really thought, oh God, there's really a lot more we could be doing. We know that with chronic pain, that pain is always 100% of the time, both physical and emotional. And the best example of that is trauma. And so when you work with a traumatized patient, now, of course, I'm not a therapist, so there is work that needs to be done with a a trauma-informed therapist. But once we start working together on sort of uh, different matters about sort of moving forward as opposed to dealing with the past like a therapist would do, is that really understanding that the emotions, that that imprinting of, of that experience, that lived experience, really impacts pain in so many ways. And so once I realized that there are so many people who were living with trauma and also experiencing chronic pain, just kind of putting two two and two together and realizing, okay, this, this makes sense. We have the emotional side and we have the physical side and the emotions will show in the body. And that is hundred percent of the time with um, trauma as well. Well, absolutely, um, because in recovery, which I'm a recovering uh, crack addict, and mm-hmm. when I was in recovery, we always had a saying, your body screams what your mouth lies about. So right. you can say, oh, I'm fine, but then your body yeah. does, uh, you know, remember the pain, I guess. There's a connection between that and and there's some neuroscience and some stuff like that, which I want to delve in, but not necessarily yep. with you. This that's not this topic, yep. but but yep. there is scientific proof right. that says exactly what you just said. Because some people are gonna say, Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But there yep. is and, and they are more believers in science, mm-hmm. which it doesn't mean what you said isn't true, but there is okay. actually scientific proof that our cells remember have a memory and they remember trauma. And absolutely. so that's that's just so absolutely fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So you just touched a little bit on it, but um would you mind expanding on exactly what a chronic pain coach does? Yes. So a chronic pain coach, coaching in general, a lot of people get confused about. So I'm not a football coach. I'm not a volleyball coach. I wish we had a better word for it, but really I like to kind of think of it as a facilitator of change. We mm. are, we study the language of change. And when it comes to chronic pain, uh, there's a lot of behaviors involved mm-hmm. uh, that we can sort of work to change. And, and there's a lot of lifestyle decisions that can be made and practiced to help, um, you know, sort of mitigate pain or to reduce pain. So just to um, get back to what I was saying before, you know, as a coach, I cannot work with a patient who has trauma. I can work with a patient who has trauma, but I can't be the one to, you know, go back and do the deep work for trauma. Mm -hmm. But understanding that trauma is involved and how it imprints on our cells, like you said, on our nervous system, on our expressions. So, you know, words we say to ourselves, uh, words we say to others, how we respond to certain situations, how we deal with pain. So for example, um, some of the pain behaviors that are fairly typical is the wincing, you know, that, oh, 
or, mm-hmm. or talking about your pain, like, oh my God, or, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're saying those words to yourself, like, it's going to be a crap day, <laughs> pardon the expression. It's going to be awful. You know, those are things that we can start to work on and work with and reframe to be able to say, okay, and then observe as well. So there's lots of different steps to it, but that's what a chronic pain coach is really meant to do is to help facilitate the sort of in-between stuff. So not the diagnosis part, like your physician, not the treatment as far as surgery or medications, not necessarily the therapy from a trauma specialist, um, mm-hmm. right, but more or less, what are the lifestyle things we can do? How can we challenge thoughts that are coming in? How can we help reframe situations to help you, for example, move a little more freely, a little more confidently? And uh, how can we help you find a place of safety? How can we recognize dangers that will amplify your pain? That kind of idea. Mm, very <laughs> interesting. So I have a couple of, that just brought a couple things to mind about how we talk about pain. Um, well, I know when I eat a lot of sugar mm-hmm. um, the night before I wake up and I have a bad knee. Uh-huh. And maybe I shouldn't say that bad knee. But anyway, <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a good conversation to have too. So go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so, but, but I have, an, um, well, right now it's a bad knee. It's, mm-hmm. it's cartilage or something, but anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, but I guess my point is, and then, um, my L2, my lumbar spine, L2 through L5, mm-hmm. they're wounded. Yep. And well, I had two hip replacements. Oh. Bilateral hip replacements. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, my question is my body mm-hmm. is a barometer. Mm-hmm. It's a weather barometer. So yes. when it's I can tell when it's gonna rain. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. it must it I it's going to rain and then it rains. So what do I tell my body in those right my mind yes. what am i i mean you know is What's going there on? something i should be doing like yes. oh weather don't rain or body don't react to the to the change right. in right. the atmosphere that's causing this pain right well, what do i do okay that's a great question because what's really important about my role is and just about pain in general is i'm going to try and make this as as, as simple as possible because it's a pretty complicated topic. But okay. what we do know about chronic pain, there's been a lot of research in the last 10 plus years. It's just not getting filtered down to our community. So that's the tough part. Um, a lot of new technology, a lot of brain imaging is really showcasing how our brain and nervous system are involved in pain. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned in all of this research is that pain, chronic pain particularly, is a sensitization issue, which means the nervous system becomes very hypersensitive. And so changes in temperature, changes in barometric pressure, changes in the weather, changes in mood, (laughs) uh, interactions with other people, really and truly everything matters when it comes to chronic pain. So your low back, for example, is often a result, this is going to sound crazy, more so of that hypersensitivity than what's going on physically in the body. Now, if I can just unwrap that one for a second, because okay, your brain do. might be going, your brain's probably going, hmm, what is she talking about? 
No, I'm very um, intrigued because I, okay. I, I, okay, I'm, I'm okay. very We're getting interested. there. Okay. Okay. You're awesome. Uh, you're a good, you're a good subject, a good test case for this. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Believe yes. me, I am. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So we know that um, when it comes to chronic pain, some of the real challenges and some of the ways that chronic pain care is currently broken is, and it is broken, uh, is we really are stuck in the biomedical model, which means we do, we lean very heavily into the diagnosis, which is important, the treatment, which is important, the surgeries, the imaging. The imaging is important. We have this fantastic um, technology to be able to showcase when things are really needing to be addressed. So if there's something that needs to be addressed, we can see it. But what it also does on the flip side of the coin is it often will showcase something that doesn't necessarily reflect pain. So a lot of the population is walking around with herniated discs. They don't even know it. They don't showcase any symptoms, even young adults, you know, 15 years and older are, if we were to do a bunch of scans on a population of 15 to 20 year olds, they would show herniations or bulging discs. Mm -hmm. So you see an image, you hear from your physician that you're broken, or you have the back of an 80 year old, or you have a bulging disc, or you have bad knees, you know, those things automatically give our brain, our oversensitive brain, a sense of danger, a sense of, oh boy, I'm going to break at any moment, or I can't walk because <laughs> I something's seriously wrong with me, right? So it becomes really important that the more you understand about how pain works and where it comes from, then you can start to observe differently and say, hmm, is it truly because my back is um, going to break any moment? Or is it because I had a really stressful day at work? Or I had a really stressful conversation with my loved one and my pain is much stronger? Or, you know, there's a lot of different reasons it could be, but I think I really want to invite people to start exploring differently. Yes, we need to know because we are so conditioned to believe that it is biomedical and often it is. So we need to explore that too. But we also want to sort of encourage people to start thinking differently about, okay, so what is it about my knees that are problematic? Um, Are there supplements I can take? Movement absolutely is key, but we beget, we get become scared of movement because it hurts, right? And then we automatically think, oh, I've done some more damage. Or my doctor said I shouldn't be walking. So I've given you a whole lot there, and I'm sorry that's a lot to unpack. But No, I... it's not a lot to unpack. It's very interesting okay. because you talk about movement. Um, because actually the day I had my hip replaced, mm-hmm. I was out of surgery out of recovery, out of surgery, maybe two hours, they came and made me get up and walk. Yes. And I went to physical therapy every day. Yay. And and it's interesting enough that you say about, I think that stress is a trigger for pain. I, mm-hmm. I, I do agree with that. But also I remember when I had my hips replaced because there was something biological going on with that and it was just the pain was excruciating was I but I was also in a very stressful relationship too I was in a toxic relationship there you go so did that have something to do with it exactly possibly absolutely Um, and I'm sure I'm sure it did um could I not have had both my hips replaced if I had gotten out of the relationship now that's an interesting that's a very good question that's a very good question that's so interesting 
that is a very interesting question. It really, it really would have depended on, again, the images were important then, right? Because they would have been able to see to what extent. Like if there was a little bit of, of degradation that was normal, uh, you know, it, your pain might have been showing more so due to the stress that you were under. Um, and also, if I think what's really important to understand, too, is because of the lived experience that you've had with trauma, that then so you're that will already amplify that hypersensitivity of the nervous system, you already have that. And so that feeds directly into uh, pain. I'm just looking at my fingers, I was eating beets tonight, and they're all <laughs> I'm sorry. I digress. No, that's anyway, fine. <laughs> I'll have you over for some beets. Oh, absolutely. Pickled anyway, beets. Pickled beets. beets. No, just cooked beets with olive oil and salt. Oh, well, that sounds good. It was yummy. Garlic? Do you put garlic? Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be right over for dinner. <laughs> okay, come on down. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the, the, the trauma piece. So, I guess what the most important information I can give is that if for any reason any of your listeners are living with unresolved trauma, we need to address that if we're dealing with chronic pain, because we could address the chronic pain. But if you keep going back into triggers or going back into an unhealthy, unsafe environment, that's not going to help the work on the chronic pain. So we need trauma is one of the things we need to address early on whenever the person is ready for it. Yeah. OK, well, that yeah. make that does make a lot of sense, actually, okay. uh, because I do notice the more stressed I am the yeah. more I hurt. But I want to yeah. just take you back to Pilates. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've um, i always been interested in Pilates and actually I wanted to practice Pilates. Oh. But I, yeah. I mean, you have to get on the floor and I, and yeah. I couldn't get on the floor and get back up. Now I could get yeah. on the floor, but I couldn't get back up. Right. So, so do you have like modified Pilates for mm-hmm. people who who want to practice Pilates but can't don't have the the range of motion to right. do everything. Great question. So there are two things in there that are really important. So I'm a little biased because I love Pilates. Um, that's just part of my background. The thing about Pilates is you can modify it to the teeniest tiniest movement. Unfortunately, the word Pilates sort of conjures up these images of people on being stretched out on these machines and, you know, ridiculous things hanging from the ceiling. And that just provokes fear, right? When you live with chronic pain, you already likely have the fear of movement because you know it hurts, whether it be getting into the postures, getting out of them or in the movements themselves. So it's important to understand that, um, you can make them microscopic. So for example, if you could find a comfortable position, whether it be seated or standing, you can move that way. In okay. It's a process of layering up. So we start really teeny tiny movements and then bit by bit as confidence and um, fear subsides, we can then start to uh, appreciate movement. Um, that's really where I think my passion for Pilates comes from. The second thing is we really need to address, and this is part of my role as a coach, is that fear of movement. So that's a whole other piece because if people uh, hurt when they move, instinctively the brain's going to tell them or going to think that that is a threat. That movement that causes pain is danger. And so we need to sort of do the work to say, hey, 
Um, we know that movement does not mean harm. We know that movement's going to help lubricate my joints and bring in more nutrients to help uh, really refurbish, <laughs> rebuild, um, just keep, you know, healthy stuff coming into the joints. So motion is lotion. Well, ab absolutely. And um, actually, well, I think my ortho guy is, um, he's like on the cutting edge and he really does believe in movement. Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and good, he, good. he isn't real keen to cut so um good but he's an excellent surgeon so if I ever do need a knee yeah. replacement he would be my guy but um and but that's what's good because it puts you your power so kudos to him it puts the power in your court you know you're the one saying hey I think it's time I'm ready uh if you've done all the homework you know you really get a good grasp of what pain means and how it works you, you know there's a real education process to it then you can then say okay i'm at the i'm an equal partner at this decision making table where i'm like you know what i think i've done all that i can with my knee i think it's time and you work with your physician and i think that's amazing as opposed to your physician saying it's time and you have no choice whatsoever <laughs> right? well that's true but on the other thing um he told me about my hips that it really was time because of the yeah and the that's imaging okay. and sure. i said no and I said no for a couple of years and I tried everything mm -hmm. and yeah. the pain was absolutely excruciating. And I was taking a lot of um, medication and right. I was in a foggy state most of the time. Yeah. And, um, but it was fear. I was fear yeah. of fear of going yeah. under the knife and sure. I didn't know what to do. But like I said, he's excellent. And then once I had the surgery, it was like, oh my goodness. Why did I wait so Life came back? I know. And that's always the tough question, right? It is always a balance between understanding uh, when the time is right. And that's mm -hmm. why your physician was so good. He said, okay, I, it's definitely time. There's nothing you've tried, what you can do, and it's now time. But it sounds like you guys had a team approach, which okay. I think is always the best way to go, right? That you have a voice as well. So I think that's really important. Uh, yeah, there will always be, so pain Chronic pain, chronic illness is always biological, psychological, and social in nature. And so what that means is there's always a biological component, you know, whether arthritic, degenerative, mm -hmm. you know, a torn meniscus, whatever the situation might be, um, there is always going to be that biological piece. But that's the tends to be the one piece we focus on as a society. That's one third of the pie. Uh, then you have the psychological piece. Now, the psychological piece is not at all to suggest that it's pain is all in your head, <laughs> because that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What we're saying is that pain is absolutely from the brain um, and the nervous system. And then the social piece. So, so the psychological has everything to do with emotions, thoughts, beliefs, core values, um, you know, sort of people believing you or not believing you, um, support from loved ones, anxiety, depression, all those things wrapped into one. And then there's the social piece. And that kind of ties in all the loose ends, like the environment you live in, the environment you work in, what kind of culture do you come from? What sort of experience did you have growing up? Like when you fell on the ground, was there a mom going, oh, oh my God, are you okay? Or was there a mom who's like, oh, you're okay. Come on up. Let's work through that together. All these things yeah. impact how we experience pain. And so um, trauma 
absolutely falls into that psychological piece and the biological piece and the social piece as well. Well, it's funny you say that because it, it brings takes me back to my childhood. And, and um, if I would say something like, oh, my back hurts. And they would say, well, you're too young to even have a back. So it's like, <laughs> oh, it's just non-existent. You know? Fresh so, up. So, oh, no. <laughs> you, you can't you can't possibly have back pain. You're too young to even have a back. Right. So uh, that's interesting. But this and, and this psychological piece is very interesting because when you think of athletes mm -hmm. who often play through pain, I mean, yes. uh, you know, they'll yeah. get back on the field because yeah. they love the sport mm -hmm. or they love the paycheck, whichever the case may be. Yeah. But mostly it's because they love the sport. Right. Um, and well, you know, they're 80% or 70% or whatever. They may be even 50%, but, but yes, I guess my point is psychologically, they're able to perform through the pain. Mm -hmm. So it's a good question. Oh, you got some good ones today. Okay. So this, um, this is an interesting topic because there's a couple of things that we could talk about with that. So yes, athletes, uh, traditionally will be a little more used to pushing through the pain. Now, is that a good thing? Not always, because we know that pain, and this is going to be a really important, if they get nothing else from this talk, this one nugget is really important. Pain is, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm having one of those senior moments. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. You can edit this part out if you want. Um, but pain is absolutely... Um, both acute and chronic. And so acute and chronic pain is meant to protect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, for the athlete, for example, when they experience pain, more than likely it's because of an acute injury. There was some right. damage right. to the tissue. And so the body is then saying, creates pain to say, don't put any weight on it. Don't run on it. Don't, you know, so that they can start the healing right away. And we do, mm -hmm. we start healing right away if we allow for that environment to, to be in a state right. of repair, right? And so, but oftentimes, and unfortunately, and psychologically speaking, just for athletes, yes, they are used to more pain. So they might push through. Then there's the context of, well, is there pressure from coaches to be out there sooner than later? Um, you know, is there the context of, oh my gosh, if I don't play now, I'm not going to get paid or I'm not going to get promoted. There's a lot of context around that exactly. is a great example, right? And so um, we know though, that if they continually push through that acute pain, they're not going to heal properly. And then the chances of it becoming chronic is much more likely. And so, yeah, we, we do have to find that balance. I have an athlete son who plays hockey and we're always finding that balance, you know, let's, okay, you hurt yourself. Let's just give it a little time to recover so that you can go longer <laughs> right. with, with your sport. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So do you have, um, you know, maybe one, two, uh, you know, one or two little, yeah. Um, simple exercises that we might be able to take away um, us chronic pain sufferers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, trauma survivors who also suffer from chronic, chronic. pain. 
Love it. What do you have for us today? Okay. You're going to think I'm crazy, but this one, (laughs) this one is simple to do uh, unless there's some limitations. And I'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. This is actually coming from some of the lead researchers out of Australia. So there's a gentleman by the name of Dr. David Butler and uh, Lorimer Mosley, and they are doing a lot of research around what chronic pain looks like and how to work with it. They have discovered that if you take, okay, you're going to think I'm crazy, but it's <laughs> okay. Let's try me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave you hanging here. You're going to, all you do is you take one arm up and over your center line. You have to cross over your center line and you have to go above the head. Okay. So if you have a shoulder restriction, that's going to be difficult. I get it. But you can also get someone to lift you up and over even the motion of, even if it's someone who's lifting you up and over and you have to alternate side to side. So you get okay. one arm going up, then the other, you have to cross over the center line because that's key. Okay, what oh, this, in front or above? Just above and past your center line. So this is my center well, line. You know, I'm, I'm in that virtual world here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'll try that. Okay. In front of a mirror. Yeah, try in front but of a mirror. Am I supposed to be straight up? Just, um, well, you can be slightly in front as long as you're, the key part is going past your center line. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm past my center. You are, you're looking okay. good. And yeah, then and we you do that? Doing this. Yep. Yeah, you just keep doing it. And okay. what this does is helps to descramble the brain a little bit in the moment okay. to sort of distract from the pain. So if you are in pain, um, no, it's not going to work right away. You have to keep doing this. So I would say do this every single day. Mm. There you go. To help eventually um, sort of calm the brain down a little bit. Oh, so it descrambles my brain. Okay. Mm. Just, I, mean, I, mean, my- <laughs> I probably need to do that <laughs> more, <laughs> than, more than every day. Well, it's two or three times a day. I think I've done it too much. my brain. <laughs> I think I've done it too much. That's why my brain's all scrambled. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no. So that's one, that's one okay, small that's thing. Okay, that's one. That's one small thing. The other thing is, um, now, the thing that I think is important to understand is that it is a real process. It's, you know, just like coming out of addiction, you know, it's going to take time and practice. So there's, there's not going to be a quick fix. However, um, one of the quickest things you can do when you are in a pain flare or in a state of anxiety, related either to the trauma or the pain or both is the breath. Now, some people get sick and tired of hearing this because the doctor will say, well, just breathe. Well, that gives them not a lot of information, but we know that sort of physiologically, if we can slow down the breath, that is the quickest way to bring that blood pressure down, slow the heart rate down and bring you into a state of, um, parasympathetic activation, which is meaning the rest in digest as opposed to the flight. Okay. So just taking breaths, even just placing your hands on your ribs and just taking a breath in, just trying to expand the ribs and then breathing out, letting those ribs collapse. That's all. Inhaling, allowing those ribs to get bigger and then exhaling, allowing them to come together. So Now, the only thing we have to be careful of is that deep breathing Mm -hmm. um, can sometimes bring about um, emotions, deeper emotions. So if ever your listeners are trying to work through, you know, I've got meditations they can listen to on my YouTube channel that are free. Uh, If they find themselves in a situation where it's really bringing in those deep emotions, they are invited to just 
take a breath and slow down and step away from that practice. Um, there's a couple of practices that on my YouTube channel that are sort of, a, one is like a container imagery where you can, if you're really in a tough spot, you can just sort of put it away in that container oh, for a little okay. bit. Uh, and then there's another one that sort of is the eye of the storm, where if you're really in a bad place, you can go into sort of a safe space because safety is key um, for trauma survivors, as well as for chronic pain. Um, so that's, that's an option as well. So those are sort of some quick things you can do to help in a, a moment. Um, and again, if it's still persisting, just reach out to someone who is informed in chronic pain or trauma or both. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah. that is very, very interesting. And I think um, that little exercise um, descrambled my brain a little bit because <laughs> my back isn't hurting quite so much. Oh, really? oh good. <laughs> but, good. you know, so it stretched things out a bit. Um, so you have, I want to talk a little bit about your pain academy, the <laughs> Change Pain Academy. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. How do people connect with you sure. and things like that? Oh, before yeah. you answer that, you, yes, no, I, I'll wait, but I don't want you to leave without telling people how to connect to you on your YouTube channel. Oh, sounds good. Yes, I okay. will. Uh, I will let you know that for sure. Okay. Okay. So um, the Change Pain Academy, uh, again, came from a place of feeling like there's much more that we could do. So uh, there is a huge gap to fill, um, again, between sort of the physician care and the chronic pain warrior. There's a lot of information to understand, to understand or to learn about so that you can make informed decisions. Okay. So um, the Change Pain Academy is really a complete ecosystem where we bring people in, we take them through a, um, a learning path where they're learning about the fundamentals of pain. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you know pain because you live with pain every day, but what I really want to introduce you to is sort of the, the fundamentals of pain, how it works, where it comes from, how things amplify, how to find safety, what is it, what are our triggers, all that stuff. The more we understand. So understanding pain changes pain. That's really important to understand. And then once you're in there and you're working through um, all these lessons, uh, we do the coaching as well. So we have, we come together, we work and we implement on those new skill sets, maybe challenge some thoughts that are coming up. And then we also have a library of everything to do with chronic pain. Now it's growing. We are early days yet. So we're every week we're putting in new content, um, but we address sleep. We address communication. We will be addressing at some point, as soon as I can get it done, uh, sexual health, um, relationships, you know, everything to do with chronic pain. Uh, we do it there. And then the best part of it is that we do it in a community and we have a community space. It's not Facebook that we connect. We lean in into each other. We celebrate each other's wins. We ask questions. So it's really a space it's purely for chronic pain, uh, warriors and sufferers, champions, whatever you want to call yourself, where we learn and grow and, um, and, and transform. Wow, that mm -hmm. is very interesting. And I noticed um, there was, uh, yeah, we talked a little about, bit about that. The mindset puzzle and how anxiety, depression, oh, and yes. all of that affects pain. So could you just yeah. touch on that just a teeny weeny bit? Absolutely. So mindset's one of those words that I'm, I'm 
I used to use a lot of, but I'm trying to sort of curtail because unfortunately our chronic pain community is hearing that word a lot from their doctors saying, well, we got to work on your mindset. Well, first of all, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So our mindset is more or less talking into that psychology piece. So the anxiety, the depression. So yes, anxiety impacts pain directly and pain impacts anxiety directly. So the two work hand in hand. So the more we can explore um, understanding that um, emotions show up in our body, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, you know, anxiety, my kids, all my kids have anxiety, their stomach will respond very quickly when they're having moments of anxiousness or Mm -hmm. worried about something. I think most humans would say that the butterflies in your stomach, right? Those are just physical responses to emotions. So yeah, the mindset piece really falls into the emotional, I'm sorry, the psychological part of the bio psycho social model of pain, where we want to address also. So if I can give a clear example, We know that pain, chronic pain, is that hypersensitivity. Anxiety Mm -hmm. is the same way. So we actually do a lot of the same work. They overlap. And so when you work with anxiety, you are also working with chronic pain and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a gentle exposure to certain things uh, to build up that tolerance, to build up that confidence uh, bit by bit so that it's not overwhelming. It's not anxiety provoking and it's not pain provoking either. So there's, there's ways we have methods to our madness as far as how we can work through, you know, that heightened state of um, um, anxiety, um, the psychology, the depression, all of the, those things that kind of muddle into chronic pain and trauma. Well, that is so fascinating. And I am a believer. I do not think you're crazy at all. I know (laughs) our bodies remember the trauma. They do. So, and it reacts and because certain sounds and smells and, 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 um, you know, You're right. uh, you trigger memories and and physical responses. So okay. I I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> and so before you go, um, is there anything that I forgot to ask, or uh, do do what one thing do you mm. kind of wrap up and want people to take away from our time together today? Right. Ah. Oh. Okay, great question. I'm glad you asked because I think what's really important to understand is there is hope. So there are a lot of people in in dark places uh, because of chronic pain, especially, but also with trauma. I just watched a beautiful YouTube um, and I can send you that link if you'd like. Oh, I would like. Yeah. What we are learning these days with the power of brain imaging Mm-hmm. is incredible. We know that our brains are bioplastic, which means that we we can change. Like our brains can change. So even if you've been through trauma and trauma doesn't have to be a huge life event, it could be micro traumas, it could be medical trauma, it could be there's so many instances of pain of uh, trauma mm-hmm. that um we know that with these brain images that um you know whatever it took to get the brain to that place it can it can change it can shift we are very plastic we are very adaptable beings so there is hope it just 
takes, and, and I think you are probably a very good example, Peggy, of the work that you've done to get you where you are now based on the lived experience that you've had. And so, you know, you are a good example to others to showcase that, yes, it takes patience, it takes persistence, and it does do a lot of deep work. <laughs> it is deep work, which I fear a lot of people are not wanting to do, right? We want the quick fix. We want that just get me out of pain. Yes, it does take a lot of deep work. And and I have fine, because I have a friend and I, I, I say to her, you know, let's do the deep work. She says, yeah. no, it hurts too much. So, oh. I mean, I get that because um, mm. doing the deep work was hard. Yeah. It was hard. But yeah. just like I um, put off, I delayed my hip replacement for two years and I was in excruciating pain mm -hmm. and then the surgical pain and the physical therapy was short-lived um you know yeah that's right and it's easier now that you're here right in this moment to say yes it was hell but it was worth it it's hard to feel that way when you're in the moment and it's hard to get motivated when you're in that deep moment but you did it so well you know the thing of it is it's it's i think it is well when you're in so much when it's when the pain of change mm -hmm. no when the pain of staying the same yes is greater, greater. than the fear of change. Absolutely. Yes. So that's what it is. The pain of saying the same. I was yep. miserable when I, I needed that hip replacement. I couldn't yep. live like that anymore. I said, that's I'm going to yep. do it. That and was then, your TSN turning point. <laughs> yes. And when I was out there drugging and uh, out, out of my mind, numbing myself from the pain of the trauma, it was mm -hmm. like, enough. I can't live like this anymore. So right. then that was the turning point for that. So right. thank you. So as you said, pain is very useful. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does let us know that something's wrong, but we don't necessarily have to live. We don't have to let it control us. And there are definitely things that we can do Yep. to control that. And one of those things we can do is contact you at the Change Pain Academy and go to your YouTube channel. So what is that? Right. Okay. So before I get to that, one last thing. So sorry. The okay. um, one thing that I just want to clarify is that, uh, I'm so sorry to make this longer than it should be, but no, it's fine. Um, the pain serves its purpose, especially in the acute phase when you have a true injury. Um, it becomes problematic when we get into chronic pain. That's when that hypersensitivity comes in. So I just want to make sure that it, people are clear because finding that balance between the two can be difficult, knowing if it's acute injury or if it's chronic. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. You can reach me at any time. I'm always open for conversation. Uh, my email is Dina, D-E-A-N-A -A, at pain. And then it's the number two possibilities.com. Uh, my YouTube channel is also pain, number two, possibilities, with the S on the end. And there's lots of free resources in there. Um, there are some Pilates recordings, but I wouldn't recommend diving into those quite yet. <laughs> those are more <laughs> those are more advanced, but there's lots of breathing. There's some meditations in there, lots of op options there. Uh, and the free gift that I'm going to be giving as well, if it's okay if I touch on that, oh, sure, it sure. is it is meant to help um, to help you, the chronic pain warrior, but also your loved one help you 
to be a better support because we know that people who have a healthy support system, like a loved one, um, makes the pain far less uh, problematic and they they can be more productive and live a happier, healthier life when you have that support. And so the freebie is really meant to help both of you, but primarily the person that lives with you. Yes, because a lot of times if you're in pain and your your significant other is saying, oh, well, you're so lazy. Why don't you get yes. up and do something? And you're like, well, I, I'm, exactly. I, I'm making the pain worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They don't realize they are, but they are. So yeah. Um, yeah. so it's really meant to guide them. And you can work through it together because it's really important to to be a team, right? And find a way to work together. But you have definitely given us food for thought. I've got my exercises coming over. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to your YouTube channel and check out some of your breathing exercises and your movement exercises and um, get back with it. And Dina, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and you. Um, and uh, just thank you. It, it's been wonderful. I've been absolutely educated on chronic pain and how it's affected by trauma mm -hmm. and um i don't think you're crazy at all <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you peggy this has been a lot of fun and i hope your listeners uh, really get to gain from this whole summit that you're putting together i think it's really important well thank you and I, it's been a lot of fun for me too and thank you so much you're and welcome. i'll be talking to you soon sounds good thank you all right now bye-bye bye By you being here today, it states loud and clear that you are either curious about learning more about your pain, or you are ready to truly shift and become the expert on your pain. Either way, we've opened our doors to the Change Pain Academy. The Academy is a space to radically shift your understanding of pain so that you can be one of the key stakeholders at the decision-making table for your chronic pain care. It's also a space to support you as you implement new skill sets and behaviors to change the pain so that you can get back to a life well lived. And the best part? We do all of this inside an incredibly supportive community where we learn, grow, and celebrate wins together. Unsure if you're ready to go yet? Test your readiness to change your pain and learn valuable next steps with our quiz at paintopossibilities.com forward slash chronic pain quiz. Or for more information, you can go to pain number two possibilities.com.